you know, uh, bagels are, are popular enough that I, I worked at a bagel shop and there were many other bagel shops in my hometown, uh, all of which were very high quality, except Dunkin' Donuts, which, uh, of course, is, is charmingly ramshackle. Well, sure. I mean, bagels aren't their thing. Donuts are their thing. I Stick to your annular specialty. That's what I say. Did you say annular? Yeah. What is... Oh. You're pretty smart, Catherine. You're pretty smart. I know she told me she loves me. It's the Doom to Fail podcast. My name is Tim Dobbs, and with me is Catherine Cogart. Hey, I have a question. Yes. Is hello our new catchphrase? Hello. Yes. All right. That's, uh, we're I think we're three weeks on, on hello now. Oh, boy. I should shift it around. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, so much pressure. It's okay. We can go with hello. Hey, it's the Doom to Fail podcast. My name is Tim Dobbs with me. Maybe hello. Kaka! It's the Doom to Fail podcast. We're here in a menagerie. <laughs> oh, that's appropriate. And it is appropriate because today we're talking about Urban Chicken, my new favorite hipster fried chicken joint. Is that <laughs> Are we Is this what we're talking about? Yeah, uh, I think you're really close. Hmm, it's um like how close? Like like you're half a step over the line is what I would say. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, so urban chickens are when you live in a city and you own chickens and you're really into fresh chicken eggs or butchering them or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good thing we know all about this. Uh, well, yeah, geez, that sounds kind of fun. Yeah. Um, would you, uh, well, I mean, I think it... for somebody else. Would, it be... would you? Okay, let's start here. Would you own urban chickens? Um, if I had a yard, possibly, but I would need to sort of fit it into my system of every day because, uh, to me, well, it seems kind of fun, I guess. Uh, but it does seem like a lot of work and I can just get eggs from the store. I have some follow-up so, questions. <laughs> go on ahead. My follow-up, que- follow-up question number one, um... What if, like, your apartment had uh, communal chickens? Do you think that's a good system? Uh, not my apartment, because I don't know anyone else in my complex. But then um, you'd be able to meet them. That's true, but I feel like, uh, like any pet, uh, there is some responsibility required. There's, and... like, a lot of responsibility. Mm-hmm. Kind of And needs. I don't want to trust people that I don't know, especially in a large complex like the one I live in. Mm-hmm. Um just feels like a mistake my housemates like it's a, it's a little bit of work just to keep the house clean uh, in my apartment with four people so it is it is always a mistake to trust people you're right always always 100 of the time uh. um but that said that you know uh if i were living in you know some sort of communal living space you know like a big house with let's say 12 people with one kitchen and we all agree, you know, like we do house rules. We do all the all the things that people who want to live in big communal spaces do and are like dedicated to like house meetings and whatever house chores like, oh, well, I'll clean up if you do this. Do you have the wheel? uh, No, no, we don't. But, you know, in this situation, we would. And one of the entries on the wheel, the chore wheel, uh, you know, with a little 
picture of me on a hand pointing to the chore I'm going to do right. um, would be uh, uh, feed and maintain chickens. And in that case, that could be kind of fun because I wouldn't have to do all the chicken work, but I'd get some eggs and I'd do a little bit and they'd be kind of around. And uh, from, from what I can tell, they seem like they're sort of pleasant to have milling around. Not your apartment, but outside. In the no, outside, space. outside. Yes. Okay. Just making sure that you're not like some crazy hoarder or something. <laughs> um, nope. Just lots of chicken wire. No chickens. Weird. Everybody needs a hobby. Yours is collecting oh. chicken wire. Exactly. Of all kinds from all places. Mm -hmm. This chicken wire is from Iowa. This chicken wire is from Austria. Ooh, Austrian chicken wire. That's so rare. Well, that's quite a story behind it. Yeah, is it um is it from uh the vaults of uh <laughs> Albert von Chickenswitz? Um, yes, uh it's the pre-World War II collection. This oh, actually survived fantastic. the bombings. Wow. Were there bombings in Austria in World War II? In Austria, I could not tell you. Just couldn't couldn't if even only John tell you Roderick that. were here. I'm pretty sure almost everything I know about the European theater during World War II comes from watching the Dirty Dozen on uh TMC one time. All right. It was a fun movie. Thank you, public school system. They go and invade system. like a Nazi party. <laughs> oh, come on. Public school history ends at like World War... Uh, not even the World Wars. It ends at the Civil War. Like every year we'd get to Reconstruction and then stop. It'd be May and he, she, she'd be like, eh, forget it. You guys Seri are fine. What were you doing all that time? You guys spent a lot of time on uh, like the revolution, I guess. I, uh, I guess in the Civil War, a lot of the Civil War... I, even even in um, so I took U.S. history in high school. I took that at a community college right. as a way to get out of doing it in high school because that seemed like it would suck. And uh, even that at the college level was mostly Civil War. I remember reading a novel about the Civil War and just oh boy, there was a lot of Civil War. But I think we ended uh, our first quarter on uh, what am I trying to say here? Our first trimester because we did trimesters, at the Reformation. Uh, Reconstruction. The Reformation was the thing oh. with Martin Luther. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah, at the Reconstruction. <laughs> and then I think the next quarter was the Reformation. When Abraham Lincoln nailed his 86 theses onto the door um, of the <laughs> riverboat <laughs> that held that uh, all men are created equal and life, the liberty, and the pursuit of uh, and then Mark we Twain will go to the moon. invented the cotton gin. <laughs> Gosh, isn't history fun? <laughs> so let me let me ask you: Are uh, uh, would you keep chickens? We've we've sort of stepped through my feelings on them. Yeah. Uh, would you? Would you know, would you do this thing? Can I can I be straight with you, Tim? Absolutely. Can I admit something to you? I'm here for you. I'm not. What what is this show if not a confessional? It's true. It's true. Taxi cab podcast confessionals. That uh, is a show. That is a show. I wish we did that. It's on TMC. I um I'm not that into eggs. Hmm. I'm not okay. crazy about them. I uh with bacon, good. I mean, I like a bacon wrapped quail egg is kind of my jam. I've never had a quail egg. Oh, it's good. They're so fancy. They're so <laughs> fancy. There's a sushi place in uh, Wallingford that does bacon wrapped quail eggs. I am crazy for. Mhm. Mm Super pricey uh, though. Okay. Well, I'll have to try that out sometime. You should. Quail you should. eggs. Would yeah. you keep quails? I mean, I, I don't want to pull you way off here, but would you? Mm -hmm. You get quail eggs. No, let's but assume you know what that I would do for quail eggs is uh, go foraging and quail tracking in the in the woods. 
Oh, interesting. So you're not a fan of domesticated food. Um, you're more into uh, a hunting, tracking, gathering. Uh, more, more of a gatherer than a hunter. Well, sure, you're a lady. Yeah. Yeah, oh, that yeah. makes sense. This is. You know, those were the more ge- egalitarian is... societies. <laughs> I mean, this is 2013 BC, so. Oh God, I time traveled again. <sighs> this always gets me. Um. Okay, so 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 uh, it's safe to say that you would not keep chickens. I'm, You're not a fan. Yeah, it sounds like a ton of work. First of all, um, they aren't really cute enough for me to care about them. And really, even even the like real goofy looking chickens. Then they're just goofy looking. I mean, I'm comparing a chicken to like a cute little Maltese puppy, and I would love to snuggle that puppy for years. Puppies totally melt my heart. That's true. Yeah. I mean, there's just it's it's very hard to top that. This is this is I think the thing that we agree on the most is how yeah. great puppies are. So so you're saying only the best for you as far as cuddly cute animals. Yes. And the best is a puppy. And frankly, anything else is below the line. Um, the yeah. sort of uh, cuteness acceptability line, which is defined by the top I mean, people... of that scale. <laughs> there are cats. There are cats. Mm-hmm. Okay. That exist above that line, but they're really hard to find. It's a lot of work. So we're doing like uh, anything one foot from the ceiling is okay, but the thousands of feet below that, as far as cuteness, not acceptable. Yes, exactly. That's fair. Exactly. Yeah. Well, a pet's a lot of work. Exactly. So you better love it more than mm-hmm. you can speak of loving something. Well, you know, love the one you're with. <laughs> so I was looking at a list of. Um, Sort of, oh, there's so much pro-urban chicken propaganda out there. It's crazy. Um, So I was looking at, you know, uh, one of many lists saying, hey, like, why would you want to do this? And, uh, you know, they make good points. And I think they're points we've all touched on. It's a fun hobby. You got to do something. You get to meet people because everyone else who is into urban chickening is really into urban chickening. You know, I think that's the best thing about subcultures altogether. It's a great way to make friends. Yeah. And then also you can get food um, from them. Meat or eggs. And then also uh, they provide fertilizer for your garden, your urban garden, as well as uh, pest control because they eat bugs. Right. So all pros. But then the biggest one, the one that I think just drives me crazy because I – so I – you you suggested this topic and – I said, yeah, sure, let's check it out. And I felt like I was going in thing, no, oh, this seems like a fun hobby. I don't know that it's, you know, there's room for it in my life, but but sure. And then I was watching this video of these, like, urban chicken people in Portland that include the Portland mayor, and, oh, my God, it made me so mad. <laughs> like, Wait, why like, did it make you so mad? They just seemed so smug. Like, it was <laughs> smug just frustrating. Smug yeah, they were like, "Oh no, I have chickens. Look at me. It's, it's, more, it's more sustainable. It's more economical. And... I just feel like I'm doing good for the world. Oh, like cyclists. <laughs> yeah, like well, like like I think most things that people make fun of. Yeah. Um, you know, most things that seem fine that people are angry at for no reason. I think it's the smugness. Yeah. No, that's that's my problem with cycling. I'm really afraid. So I would love to be able to ride a bike around town mm-hmm. uh, or a city, but I would definitely be the person who gets hit by a car on a bike. You think so? Uh, I'm really bad at fast speeds, and I would prefer to be encased in metal if I'm going to be moving at fast speeds. I mean, I it's just think that that's fast. that's a it's rule slower. of thumb for me. Uh, um, metal encasement. Yes. Well, once we get those Iron Man suits that you can use to ride bikes, we'll be all set. Yeah, exactly. Then we'll be good. <laughs> uh, Don't use the thrusters. Just get on a bike. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, I hope that scene is in Iron Man 3. 
So I wanted to talk to you about um, uh, source shifting. So the, the reason that they say chickens are more sustainable to keep yourself than to have eggs uh, shipped to you is that instead of having some farm far away uh, where they have to purchase f- feed and everything, feed it to the chickens, get the eggs, collect the eggs, put it on some kind of refrigerator truck and truck it all the way to the people um, in the urban environments, right. they instead just have to buy the feed somewhere, bring that to the chickens, and then uh, the eggs are right there. Right, right at your door, right? Sure. So this reminded me of uh, a company called Pacific Ethanol. I don't know if you're familiar with these people, but they are the largest ethanol producers on the West Coast. Okay. And the thing about that, them saying they're the largest, uh, isn't necessarily the biggest deal because there aren't that many giant ethanol producers on the West Coast. And the reason is all the grain is in the heartland, the heartland of this country. Yeah. It's like I saying I have the most commemorative Kathy Griffin uh flatware do you have one do you have even one no i don't but you having an inkling of one is enough if i yeah if i like have an intention to get one someday then i win (laughs) that does put you just head and shoulders above everybody (laughs) well so pacific ethanol uses the same basic concept um they take their grain instead of doing what normal ethanol producers do in the heartland where they get the grain right from where they're growing it to the plant, which is 10 feet away, uh, and then making fuel and then shipping that out to, uh, you know, the the busy Los Angeles and New York cities of the world. Um, they Pacific Ethanol instead ships the grain on big trains to California, and then they make fuel there, and then they it's a, it's a short hop over to uh, fuel cars, which are on the dense West Coast, and then also to cows, which, uh, you know, California's heartland has a lot of cows. Um I should explain that. Uh, when you make biofuels, you get fuel and also uh, sort of leftover cow feed. Um, and we can call that good. But the thing about Pacific Ethanol is, well, it's a great theory, but their stock is down a lot. Um, down 70% this year. But the analysts say it's a strong buy. I'm just saying it's not a, it's not a home run. It's not, maybe it wasn't the best idea. And so I wonder how well this idea really applies to chickens as well. And since you and I... If, if, if you would like to engage with me in a little uh, creative high-level process development, I think okay. over the break, we can sort of sit down and work out some back of the envelope to figure out, uh, does this, this homesteading of chickens sound like a good idea? All right. Sounds good. All right. Well, we'll be right back on the Doom to Fail podcast. So let's get some numbers. Okay. All right. So uh, our process looks like we got feed that comes from somewhere, and that goes to... Uh, chickens, which are in some other place, right? And then uh, chickens make eggs, and that doesn't really cost anything, or there's no distance associated. And then it's got to go to people, right? Right. Yeah, calculator. I wonder if there's somebody who already has numbers. Wouldn't that be convenient? Aha! Thank you, Minnesota Environmental Initiative. Let's say 11 megajoules per kilogram. Of eggs? Megajoules, so that's one, that's one, zero, 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 zero. Okay, and then we take, uh, we say 80% is feed production, so we cut that out, so multiply 11 megajoules by uh, 0.2. Yeah. So how much does it cost to move the kilogram of eggs uh, 1,500 miles? Uh, I mean, you so mean how much? What? Energy. Your energy. Yeah. 
So we just figure out the, you know, what's the uh, mileage of a big truck, basically. Okay. I guess maybe they put it on trains, but... Well, let's go with trucks. Yeah, so let's use the volume one since we have balance. I gotta get this out of Megatools. Here, put these in Megatools. Large egg? Extra large egg? Sure. Um, 63.8 frames. That number times cost of kilogram across the country gives you 1.6 uh, megajoules. Seriously? Well, either we've missed something huge. So, yeah, I think the biggest thing that jumps out to me is that probably shouldn't consider it being trucked. And also the distance may be wrong. Maybe it could be cl from closer. You could make the seed from local stuff. Right. You could buy local eggs, too. I guess that's kind of where I land. All right, we are back on the Doom to Fail podcast, and uh, boy, that didn't make a lot of sense, did it? No, no, that was really disappointing. In the best way. I think so. I think what we learned um, to share our results here, we found that uh, doing a bunch of real thrown-together numbers um, and making a lot of assumptions about the way that this system works, um, they're uh, close-ish on energy usage, whether or not you... Um, whether or not you, you have to buy feed from far away and then give that to your chickens or just buy eggs from far away. But we assume that the feed comes from far away. Maybe it doesn't. I mean, exactly. Maybe you make your own feed. Maybe you buy your feed at the farmer's market. Maybe you buy your right. eggs at the farmer's market. Exactly. Maybe you just got local eggs and saved yourself the trouble. Exactly. <laughs> um... So I think what we kind of kind of came up with more than anything was it sort of depends on the details, as all these things almost always do. Yeah. And if if you're doing it the the sort of um, easiest, cheapest way, then that's probably a bit of a bit of a carbon footprint, because, or maybe it's not. But that's the way to not know. And if you want to, you know, sit there and map out your carbon footprint everywhere you go, well then, uh, you can try to do that. And too. good but for you. Boys, yeah, good for you. It's going to get complicated, and good luck. We right. got a little lost. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, we also found, though, um, when we were momentarily distracted, we found that uh, your cost to produce eggs will probably run about the same as if you bought them in the store. Maybe even cheaper, because you get fancy free-range eggs, and the ones in the store are, are, you know, industrial eggs. Right. So that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it depends. There's, you know, some startup costs associated with it, but not much. Um, yeah. Yeah, there's some capital, but... Uh... Do you remember where I went through that phase where I started using capital in weird places, like emotional capital? No, I don't remember that. Political capital. Well, that's the thing people say. I'm not saying it's 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 right. I might be saying it's wrong, but <laughs> it is the thing people say. Um, uh, food capital. Mm, that's like when you're full. I love <laughs> food capital. <laughs> Uh, Paris, right? Or what is the food capital? Uh, I feel like Paris gets to be the capital of everything. It's pretty great. Have you been to Paris? Oh my pretty god, cool. it was so wonderful. Yeah, I had a great time Loved there. Loved Paris. I went mm. with uh, my two gay friends, and oh, they nice. are the most fun to travel <laughs> with because they are obsessed with just being really cheesy tourists. So nothing oh. was too cheesy to do. See, I go the opposite way. I'm always just like, quiet down, guys. Come on. You're not fun. Jeez. No. I um uh, I did 
We made an Eiffel Tower myself. in front of the Eiffel Tower. It was great. See, I, but I enter, I enter tourist safety zones. So, like, around the Eiffel Tower, I totally don't care because I, I guess I'm just trying to blend in regardless because when I'm with other tourists, like at the Eiffel Tower, where it's like everyone's a tourist or in the Louvre or whatever, mm-hmm. like, just go, you know, enjoy the hell out of it. If yeah. I'm, like, walking around a city street, I don't want to be like, hey, look, Gina, they got that thing over here, too. That's, that's how I talk in other countries. Which is why I talk uh, quietly. That's yeah. that's how I talk in other countries too. Sorry, other countries. Uh no, it's obnoxious. It's okay. <laughs> they take a bunch of pictures here. Yeah, I know. They I live right around have... the corner from uh from from a tourist attraction, so uh, I see it all the time. Really? Yeah, I'm trying to like do a workout or something, and they're just in my way. Is it our eighth favorite monument? <laughs> oh, geez! If I had the money to live around the corner from the uh the Golden Gate Bridge, goodness. <laughs> uh. We'll talk about it some other time. You would need some capital to start up. Uh, let's 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 get you set up, right? To to have uh, urban chickens. Yeah. So let's let's imagine you have a space, say on okay. your roof. Okay. I'm gonna say you have a cool cool sp- garden on your roof. Okay. Why not? Sure. They let you up there. So here's what you you're gonna go to the store. You're gonna buy um, a chicken coop. Uh, you need about four square feet per chicken. Yes. So so not a whole lot of space. That's pretty small. No. You're gonna have just yeah. a few chickens, I think. Mm-hmm. Um. And that more or less looks like a boxy thing with a floor and some little coves where they will nest. Right. Um, you need a run for them. So that's just a guarded area where they can sort of be out, outside, but not like exposed to predators. You'll, right. be, uh, you'll be on a roof. So, you know, whatever. Just sort of uh, fence off the roof. Mm-hmm. You'll be fine. Um, not a lot of wolves on your roof, I hope. <laughs> a, a drinker and a feeder. Which are both just kind of like uh, little gravity-fed things you sit you sit out. That's no big deal. And uh, some bedding. You just gotta buy like some, uh, you know, hay or something to put down. And that's it. So now we've got this on your roof. Yeah. And you gotta go out uh, to take care of them. Well, that looks like pretty much. Well, you gotta get up early because hens like to be out early. Yeah. You're only gonna have hens, by the way. Uh, you're in the Do city. A rooster is a big a mistake. Rooster, yeah. Yeah. Roosters are I bad tell you, news. we had a we had a rooster uh, living in the uh, adjacent house to me, and when we grew up, adjacent. And, um, uh, I like adjacent. Jason. You know what? They're both great. And the thing about that rooster was it just crowed all the time like that was our joke was like it just doesn't know when morning is but i'm pretty sure they just crow all the time like think, or, yeah. or what, what is it called when a rooster they makes wake noise? up early with their hens and then they just start crowing and they don't yeah. stop until they go to sleep and they walk around beating their chests and going like look how great i am the ladies love me this just like you tim just like me um i get up real early because that's when the ladies are out <laughs> Uh, but the thing was, you know, honestly, it wasn't so bad. We would make a joke and everything, but like, eh, you just get used to it. But I yeah. can, I can understand why people don't necessarily want that in their neighbor. Uh, I mean, I live right next to the heroin clinic and I'm used to that now. You can get <laughs> used to crow? anything. I think they so. They get up real early in the morning. <laughs> as, as most addicts do. that's where the do. heroin is out. <laughs> Boy, nothing addicts like better than getting up and facing the day. <laughs> they so, really like so to gonna... jump on the day. So you're going to get up early and you feed them. They like to be fed regularly. And then around 11 a.m. you go out and you collect their eggs. They'll do, uh, you know, at most one a day. Yes. Um, and uh, and even that's not super important. You just don't want to have more than like four in there. This is the rule of thumb I read. Uh, because then they start to like go into nesting tendencies and they start trying to hatch the eggs and like right. lead them to fruition, which they can't do because they're unfertilized. Yeah. 
Um, and then once a week, maybe on a Saturday, you go up to your roof with a bucket and a, a scrubber, and uh, you clean out the coop. You know, there's probably a lot of uh, a lot of chicken poop. You up keep there. an eye on your chickens. Take a look at them. See if one's getting yeah. pecked, because the pecking Say, hey, is a real thing. <laughs> That's right. Where was I hearing that? Uh, well, there, it was on the Judge John Hodgman show. That's what it was. Yeah. yeah. Um, but so honestly, this doesn't seem like a lot of a lot of uh, input. Like, yeah, okay, you spend a few hours on a Saturday. Uh, you clean once a week. Like, you are definitely going <laughs> to be cleaning once a week. This is true. I've seen your apartment. You don't clean once a week. I clean when I need to clean. <laughs> well, that's a sliding scale. Exactly. Um, it's a sliding scale won't... <laughs> based on how much energy I have. Yeah. And chickens won't put up with that. Uh, no. And your neighbors certainly won't because it will start to smell. So you think it's it's too much? I'm putting myself in this, and I feel like I could make room for that in my life if I didn't have, you know, 11 billion other things I wanted to do. I think It's if not at someone, the bottom of my list, but it's not the top. If, like, I was in a situation where I, like, had to take care of chickens to, like, I don't know, make somebody happy or not even make somebody happy, to, like, keep someone I love alive, I would do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the metric. All right, well... Listeners, if it would make you happy or possibly keep you alive, if Catherine <laughs> kept chickens, please let us know. Um, Are you assuming I love all of our listeners? Um, yeah, that seems fair. That's a fair assumption. They've done us the kindness of, of letting us into their homes and ears. Which very few people do in my day to day. It's true. You're always trying to get into people's houses <laughs> and yell in their ears. Mostly their ears. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Well, I'm willing to bet that we have used up all our time here on the Doom to Fail podcast. We will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.